never say die! Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 194. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I heard the voice of God. He sounded like Easy Reader. He said to me, you guys should do a Cameron Diaz show. Took me a better part of a year to figure out he was fucking with me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bring it up, man. (laughs) I think he was right. I liked that show. (laughs) <laughs> I probably was too, but I figured that'd be a little shout out for all the people that hated it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I got to watch Cameron Diaz in her underwear several times. I'm good with that. Though I think we can all agree it was a minor oversight to do Cameron Diaz show before Morgan Freeman. Uh, would any of these movies have Morgan Freeman dancing around in his underwear? Maybe. Oh, if I only. I know, right? Uh, so yes, Morgan Freeman is a topic of the show this evening and uh we are going to do a little brief bio chit chat and trivia about him and then we're going to go on and give our opinions about his different uh roles that he has played true not everybody all at once in our underwear (laughs) josh's microphone just died like Underwear? No, I was waiting for one of you idiots to say something that would throw to. <laughs> I was like, okay, and anybody talk about anything right now I, so I can... I always like to make it a challenge for you. Yeah, well, if you like a challenge, you'll want to check out... Shut up, Pat, I'm going. <laughs> you'll want to check out the shows at the Podcast Collective, including On the Block, Joel's Own the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, I Am Salt Lake, the Empty Rant Podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Yes, and if you're looking for our older stuff, it is on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse.fm, and we are now on NoonFM.com, so you can subscribe to us there, too. We are just all over the place, and uh, if you want to give us a call, it's 708-NOW-RAP. That is 708-669-9727, and we have a voicemail. True. That is true. <laughs> All right. Ass on. Ass off. Ass on. Ass off. Ass blasters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> commercial-based Tremors reference. That was kind of a crossover between Tremors and uh, uh, the, com- the commercial show. Yeah. Oh, the yes, commercial our shows. I yeah, the show that we did about commercials, Pat. The yes. hybrid. What? We did what? We did. Who is this? This is God. <laughs> Stop touching yourself. It is God. <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Freeman would never tell you to stop touching yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's our listener feedback for the week. I don't know what to make of that. He actually encourages me to do it. <laughs> Morgan Freeman encourages you? Yes. It is about that time. Yes, it is so about that time. I want no more details. (laughs) This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. Was that your Morgan Freeman? No, that was his Roger Moore doing Morgan Freeman in honor of Roger Moore passing away this week. I'm glad you picked up on that, Mike. It was very subtle. subtle. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice, nice. I'm also in my underwear. More details that we didn't ask for. But you're getting them anyway. So the uh, date we're working on today is July 20th, 2012. Uh, This is the release of The Dark Knight Rises, which is Morgan Freeman's highest grossing movie. Hmm. Really? Yes. Interesting. So, yeah. So there we go. 1.08 1.08 billion. Holy crap. Mm. Yeah. With a B? Yes. Oh my god. And still my favorite superhero movie. Very nice. I, I think I think same here. It used yeah. to be Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Yeah. There's just something about it. I don't know. And before huh. that it was Ghostbuster. Or not, oh damn it, I fucked up my own joke against eh. I think it's a Ghost Rider. Yeah, that classic. Classic yeah, the classic Ghostbuster. <laughs> just weird. one Ghostbuster. They just had the monkey in the fedora. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is the oh, key master. That cut is so deep. So deep. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that cracks my top five for superhero movies. The Dark Knight Rises? Any of... Or The Dark Knight, I mean? Yeah, any of those, that trilogy. Really? Huh. Wow. Yeah, I mean... talk about that on a superhero... Oh, wait. <laughs> we should do a Batman. Oh wait, yeah. Mom. so much fail. Anyway, right. music. The top song is "Call Me Maybe" by Carly Rae Jepsen. Excuse me. Well, that's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> pretty much. Have you ever seen the uh, parody video of that? Which one? Yeah, there were a million right around the time it came out. Yeah, my favorite one is the one where uh, the guy's out mowing the lawn and she's singing up in the up in the house and looking down on him. She kind of like making eyes at him. And he takes off his shirt and he's got a huge swastika tattoo on his chest. <laughs> then it wow. gets weird. That, well, then it gets weird. It wasn't yeah. weird before that. Oh, oh, well, anyway, um, Ellen Muriel Deason, known professionally as Kitty Wells, was an American country singer with such hits as It Wasn't God Who Made Honky Tonk Angels, Release Me, and the acronym of the week, I-C-S-L-Y. Of course, that's I Can't Suck Like Yanni. <laughs> but there's a double entendre there, I think. It just brings up more questions. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> Whether he's live at the Acacolis or not. The bristles, the bristles tickle. <laughs> yes, I meant to say that, Pat. I, I was hoping so. She died from complications after a stroke at 92 years old on July 16th. What is that song? I-C-S-L-Y. It's all you, Pat. You're the one who wrote it. I know. and I'm, I was hoping that <laughs> it's, it's completely gone, and I'm like searching the internet. Try, I'm a Kitty Wells song. So I'm like, what, what was that acronym? Um, Something, something, something. Say. Uh, I can't seriously remember you. <laughs> Why can't I find this song? Because oh, we That's awesome. Joel, All keep right. going. I want to see how long we get into this before I he figures it out. I can't stop loving you. I can't stop loving you. That's it. You couldn't remember that. No, I couldn't. Sorry. Oh. And it was that was actually the the, the same song that um, was covered oh, by, by um, Ray Charles a f- couple years later. All right. All right. Yeah. Larry Lewis Hoppen was a co-founder, vocalist, and guitarist, keyboardist of the Pac Runk Group. Pac. What's Pop Runk? <laughs> pop Rock Group Orleans. Orleans was formed in Woodstock, New York, in January 1972 by Hoppen, vocalist, guitarist, songwriter, and feature member of Congress John Hall. 
and drummer percussionist Wells Kelly. Larry sang lead on New Orleans' three biggest hits, Still the One, Dance With Me, and Love Takes Time. Hoppin committed suicide on July 24th rather than perform a concert sponsored by TV's Fox and Friends on July 27th. Yikes, that got dark. <laughs> oh, my God. I get from still the one to suicide. <laughs> is, because, oh, man. Oh, is is he? Was that in like a note? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just my own personal joke. Okay. He, he killed himself three days before their their scheduled performance, and I just said that was why. Hmm. <laughs> wow. All right, Katy Perry and Russell Brand divorce after a year of marriage on July sixteenth after their fairy tale wedding in India. Yeah, that's a pair right there. Right? What? That's that's like the, <laughs> this decade's Lyle Lovett, Julia Roberts. Yeah, I don't know if I'll give him even that much credit. Uh, Katy yeah. Perry is much more gorgeous than uh, I love it. And, <laughs> and Russell Brand's, you know, a little better looking, and I love it. So, Katy Perry's better looking, both of them together. True. So, movies. Moving on to movies. The Dark Knight Returns is released this week and is also the number one movie in the land. So, that. yeah, we, we kind of covered that already. The Dark Knight <laughs> Returns mm-hmm. rises. Rises. Oh, Dark Knight Rises. I wasn't going to point it out, but fair enough. No, 2012. He's been listening to pop rank too much. Indeed. (laughs) Celeste Holm won an Academy Award for her performance in Gentleman's Agreement and was Oscar nominated for her roles in Come to the Stable and All About Eve. She originated the role of Otto Annie in the Rogers and Hammerstein musical Oklahoma. Otto Annie? Oklahoma. Fair enough. And she also had a heart attack and died on July 15th. Suppose I should have seen that coming. <laughs> she didn't. All right. So TV, the number one show in the land is NCIS starring Mark Harmon. You're yeah. such a dinozo. That, oh that show. Goodness. You know that show? Me? Yeah, somebody I used to live with watched it pretty incessantly. Yeah, my father loved that show. It was like one of his favorites. So I'm actually fairly familiar with it. I think I think I was done with it before I started watching it because the first thing I ever saw about it was that scene where they're being hacked and two people yeah. are typing on the same uh, keyboard at the same that's time. Such a, that's such a horrible show. <laughs> well, it's Mark that, Harmon. That's like, that's like the worst episode. Wait, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's like the worst scene in a, in a in a bad show. But you got Paul Paulette Polly, Plur, yeah, whatever her name is. What her Abby. All right, so yeah, anyway. not a fan. Yeah. Chad Everett, born Raymond Lee Crampton, was an American actor who appeared in more than 40 films and television series. He was well known for his role as Dr. Joe Gannon on Medical Center from 1969 to 1976, a role he got after appearing in a number of movies and television series in the later 60s. Some films he, he appeared in include The Singing Nun, Airplane 2, The Sequel, Mulholland Drive, Melrose Place, The Nanny, Murder, She Wrote, The Man from Uncle, and Route 66. He's going to die. After an 18-month battle with lung cancer, he ultimately lost on July 24th. What the hell? (laughs) That's going to be one of those weeks. Yeah. I think I've seen almost every one of those. I've never seen Melrose Place. I have. Yeah, I may not have seen Route 66, but I'm pretty sure I saw the rest. Well, we've seen The Man from Uncle. When we did the band we from Uncle Joe. Well, yeah. Solo wrestle a gorilla. Yeah, I think uh, Route 66 is the only one of those I haven't seen. 
Yeah, Route 66 and Melrose Place for me. And and Mulholland Drive. I forgot. I haven't seen that. You've never seen that? Nope. He's not a fan of Lynch. Yep. All right. Well, let's see if this gets any better. Sherman Alexander Hemsley was both best... was best known as George Jefferson on All in the Family and the Jeffersons, plus the sitcoms Amen and Dinosaurs. Weird. Hemsley <laughs> was nominated for a Golden Globe and an Emmy Award, and he won an NAACP Image Award. On July 24th, Hemsley died in his home in El Paso, Texas, age 74. The cause of death was given as, oh, Jesus, superior <laughs> vena cava syndrome, a complication associated with untreated lung and bronchial short carcinomas yeah you navigated that just fine yeah yeah sounds great i'll Good drink time. to that one more death <laughs> still not the record for the twee though no but you got to sherman hemsley i'm like okay i see a pattern here <laughs> <laughs> all right and sports was very sparse this week i got one uh one fun fact uh on july 22nd at the nagoyo basho which is the july grand tournament in nagoyo Aichi, Japan, Harumafuji Kochi defeats Hakuhono Sho to finish the tournament with a perfect 15-0 record and wins his third Makuchi championship. That was a nail-biter to me. That was was really... I was on the edge of my seat for that one. I gotta admit, Pat, that was fun. Thank you. Yeah, that's what... That was sumo, by the way, for those of you that are unfamiliar. Sumo. <laughs> for those of you playing the home game. <laughs> the correct answer is sumo. Pretty much everything I know about sumo, I learned from the book Freakonomics. Everything I know about sumo, I learned from Street Fighter 2. <laughs> I learned it from Austin Powers. I learned it by watching you. <laughs> I never sumoed. I I'm just trying to figure out how we can make a home game. Sumo home game? No. 40 going on 14, the home game. Oh, no. <laughs> the sumo home game is just, well, first step is eat a lot. Done. <laughs> We've got enough Josh people. is well on his way to round two. He wears a diaper enough. we got enough people in the Round game. three. <laughs> the gaming industry, we should be able to figure it out. Oh, my God. All right. So let's get on to the voice of God. Okay, so Morgan Freeman, uh, although his uh, first credited film appearance was in 1971's Who Says I Can't Ride a Rainbow, which must have been pretty interesting. Freeman became first known in the American media through roles on the soap soap opera Another World and the PBS kids show The Electric Company, playing such characters as Easy Reader, Mel Mounds, the DJ, and Vincent the Vegetable Vampire. (laughs) (laughs) What? Vincent the Vegetable Vampire. He was Uh, a vampire, but he was a vegetarian. So he only, like, ate beets? He only, he only sucked carrots. Yeah, so's your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Could have chosen a less phallic vegetable there, Mike. <laughs> All right, cucumbers. Eggplants. The occasional persimmon. <laughs> so during his tenure with the electric company, this is kind of sad. It, it was a very unhappy period in his life, according to Joan Gans Cooney, whoever that is. Uh, Freeman himself admitted in an interview that he never thinks about his tenure with the electric company at all. Since then, Freeman has considered his street smart character Fast Black um, rather than any of the other characters he played in the electric company to be his breakthrough role. So he really doesn't appreciate, he really didn't dig being uh, Easy Reader. Take that electric company. Oh, come on. Easy Reader was awesome. 
It's like Jimi Hendrix taught you how to read. He did. All right. Yeah, when you're wealthy, you can hire those kind of tutors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's jump back to what we remember. We're starting out with the electric company, 1971 to 1977. Uh, Easy Reader, Mel Mounds, and The Vegetable Vampire. All of us have seen this. Um, do you guys do you guys remember Easy Reader? I mean, in, in, or here's actually another question. Until somebody told you, did you actually know that Easy Reader was uh, Morgan Freeman? Yeah, it never really well, sank as, in. As an me. adult, yes. Yeah, until I found out as an adult. But, like, you know, I, I mean, it was never like I saw a movie and went, oh, that's the guy from Electric Company. That was one of those big pieces of early trivia, though, for me, is that uh, he was Easy Reader and Cowboy Curtis was Morpheus. Yeah. Just blanked on the actor's name for some reason. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. I think you might have been the first one to tell me both of those. Who, him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it, it's pretty not good Not you, stuff. not right now. I mean, I'm not. No. Wait, what? <gasps> We're not doing this bullshit. Not this early. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 1984, Teachers is the movie. Um, I've seen me, Pat. Uh, it seems like all of us have seen No, but Josh hasn't seen it. Nope. nope. Um, that's the James Belushi movie, right? Uh, Teachers? No, that's the Nick Nolte movie. Yeah. Oh, Nick Nolte and Beth Williams. And uh, uh, Richard Mulligan. I don't remember Morgan Freeman being in it, though. I just know I've seen it. Yeah, it must have been a... Uh, I mean, I, I, I know I've seen it. The teachers, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the students. <laughs> really old students. What's up, fellow students? <laughs> After Morgan Freeman impersonation? No, that was my Steve Buscemi impression. Impression? Impression. Oh. All right, so moving on. <laughs> All I, all I really remember about this is uh, Richard Mulligan. Uh, that guy, as you, if you don't remember that name, it was the guy who can turn invisible from soap. Um, dressing up as uh, George Washington. The TV show yeah. was soap. He didn't turn invisible from soap, just for those of you that don't know the TV show. soap. What, what kind of soap did he use? <laughs> invisible soap. Vanish. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after that, Lean on Me, where he plays Principal Joe Clark. I have seen this movie. I have no recollection of it. Now that's, you can call me Batman. That's kind of where I am, too. Well, it was kind of like an early precursor to what would later be Dangerous Minds. You know, kind of the teacher who, I think if I remember right, he carries a baseball bat and yeah. kind of cleans up an inner city school and gets kids to love learning. Uh, Robert Guillaume plays the uh, the school superintendent as well. It's like not so easy reader. Oh, Benson! It's a fun movie. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. a good it, it's a good movie. It's a night. It's a it's a nineteen eighties lesson movie, basically. You know, a little, yeah, a little hokey. Yeah, it's good, and he's uh, you know he once again you smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> he That's my Morgan in. Freeman impression. He turns in a, a, a solid performance. He never phones in his performances. I can agree with that. I've never Morgan Freeman movies. He's he's always all in. No matter how cheesy it gets, he's always all in. Ooh, cheesy. Good transition. <laughs> all right. So after that, we're up to. No, it's not driving Miss Dairy. It may as well be. <laughs> I love you, Hoke. I have never seen Driving Miss Daisy, and apparently, I am the minority in this. I saw it in the theater with my mom. No. Yeah, that's the kind of movie you... That's the appropriate environment to watch this movie. 
that and the hunt. Okay, I was gonna say I'm the one that takes my mom to see Wolf of Wall Street. He's taking her to see <laughs> driving <laughs> crazy. This is a movie that has not aged well. Oh, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. When Just like Dan Aykroyd in that movie. Woof. <laughs> when did you see it last, Josh? I mean, recently? just a couple of years ago. And I was like, wow, this is kind of condescending to everybody. <laughs> yeah, so somehow they managed to, to be condescending to every genre possible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit um it's a bit much now. Yeah, it's it's a little contrived. Didn't it but I mean, if you, if, you, if you if you discount the script and just kind of go with the acting, yeah, it's good. And Joel, that that does not counter my statement. See also Forrest Gump. What did he say? Didn't In it one. win a bunch of awards? That doesn't mean it's not a shitty contrived movie. Hey, I still like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Emotional manipulation 101. So is your face. Like, you guys go together like peas and carrots. So, I mean, Forrest Gump is just a, uh, it's a, it's a fun little movie to put on in the background and not really pay attention to. Morgan Freeman's not in Forrest Gump. Neither are you. He's got a point. That's right. I can't I argue that. <laughs> what it is, we don't know, but I've got one. It combs his hair right. You can't see it. 1989 brought about Glory, where he played Sergeant Major John Rawlins. We've all seen this, and this movie is fantastic. For everything Driving with Daisy is, Glory is not. I don't know about that. It's a little. I watched it today for the first yeah. time ever. There's, first a time I... bit of, there's a little bit of hokiness in it. Yeah, there is a little bit of let's romanticize history and take some shortcuts to make everybody feel a little bit better about it. Like the the one scene that really took me out of the movie, it was during a really good scene, and they did something that was just complete and total Hollywood bullshit. That I was like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> they're they're marching in in um in formation to go. It's the end of the movie. They're going to their deaths basically to be the first regiment to charge this fort. And the char- the white character earlier who had had a big racist moment with a bunch of them, you know, as marching around, he they, they, he heroically just shouts, "Go, go get him, fifty fourth! You know, and, and everybody starts applauding them and everything. And I'm just like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> I don't know. The time whenever Matthew Broderick was on the screen, it would go boom, boom, boom. I thought that was a little hokey. Are we doing the same show? <laughs> <laughs> I really glory. Yeah, Glory was probably well, the best part of my American history class in high school. <laughs> it was a good movie overall, and then the battle scenes were amazing. Yeah, I'll concede your point, though. I mean, a lot of these, uh, based on a true historical story, especially from the 80s and 90s, definitely had this weird, like, let's Hollywood it up to keep everyone's attention. Right. Everything had to be, like, the most dramatic it could be, and everything has to be, like, and every, you know, no one can can at the end, just be a, a bad person for no reason or whatever, like life is. Like sometimes you just don't have a motive or motivation to be a bad person. You just are. Everybody always has to have a redemption arc. Even the one, you know, random person who was only in the film for 10 seconds earlier has to later be shown to not be an asshole. Right. Or, or maybe I'm wrong. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that... <laughs> I'd try and get us back on track, but I didn't see the next one. 
I don't know where this is. I, I don't even know where it's going. Bonfire of the Vanities. Uh, Pat and I have seen this. I don't uh, remember him being in this movie, but I don't remember much about this movie, period. This, this, I, nothing this movie. I know he had some good monologues. He yelled at people a lot. But again, it was 89, 90. I saw this movie on a on a date. Oh, I, I wasn't paying too much attention to the movie. How is mom, by the way? <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get to, let's get something a little bit meatier that we can talk about. 1991, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He plays Azim. I thought He's he like, was. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just I was gonna say I thought he was fantastic in this one. I absolutely. I think he was the best part of the movie, even if his character had no business being in the movie. <laughs> That's correct. And this is this is actually putting him pretty much like opposite um, Snape as uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. I just lost his name. Oh, uh, Alan Rickman. Alan, yeah, Alan Rickman was you know as the villain with the Zeme as like the the quiet loner with a gun, but he had a gun. He had a big sword. He he was pretty badass in this too. But Kevin Costner. Ugh. This was also a surprisingly good Nintendo Entertainment System game. It was. It was right at the end of the NES's functional life, and it was unusually good for a licensed game that almost no one played. It it kind of makes me wonder if there was actually a game that was supposed to be made and they just reskinned it to be Robin Hood to see if it would actually sell. I don't know, because they had like fully digitized images of some of the actors' faces. It yeah. was way better. That's like, like it sounds like sounds like a goldeneye thing, you know, like the game was much better than the movie. Well, there was there was actually a lot of games, movie games that like Goonies from the NES was a lot better, even though it made absolutely no sense. I think the Robin Hood game was actually originally the Driving Miss Daisy game. Okay, go ahead. Or not. Boom, boom, boom. I wasn't going to do that. That was the Glory game. See, we don't have Michael McDonald queued up, so. <laughs> All right, so 1992, he played Ned Logan in Unforgiven. Everybody has seen Unforgiven. Probably, if you're going to categorize it in favorite movies on Westerns, Unforgiven is going to be in my top ten. It's my number one, and it's second place is not close. I think that's the reason I saw it is because of Josh, actually, because of his uh, love of it. Yeah, Unforgiven is very good, but I, if, you, if we're just going to talk about Westerns, I think Tombstone's better, but that's my own. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing, but this is Unforgiven, and I, I this was the first time I really... Uh, I mean, a lot of, for a lot of people too, you know, like really saw the old West as what it really was. It wasn't this glamorized, you know, we meet it at noon and have a face off in the middle. You know, no, it's like, no, it's dirty and down and you just, you, you're fighting for your life and you shoot to kill, you know, and you don't mm-hmm. give somebody the advantage. Yeah. This was, I think the first movie that really got me interested in Westerns as a genre. I of course had seen young guns and I'd seen a random couple of Eastwood and John Wayne movies, but the genre didn't do anything for me until I saw Unforgiven. And I was like, okay, I get it now. I'm in. So, yeah, so that, um, Unforgiven, good stuff all around. Ned Logan, great character. Uh, more uh, going more to a, another character that everybody recognizes, Red Redding from Shawshank Redemption, 1994. <laughs> I remember going to see this. I don't know who I was with. I once saw this at the Lake Theater. I, I saw it at the Lake Theater, too, so maybe with me. All I remember is when I walked out, I kept talking about how I kept waiting for to get the Moonstones to summon the devil <laughs> because it was a Stephen King story. You, uh, you, yeah. there, you, you lost me there, man. Thank yeah, you. I, don't, I don't get that one. 
I I get it, but it was from a collection that never had anything to do with summoning the devil. I didn't read it, but it's a fantastic movie. It's actually uh, all it's in a collection of four novellas and three of them have been made into movies. Yeah, there's uh, The Body, which got turned into Stand By Me. There is uh, Shawshank Redemption, uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yep, and Apt Pupil. Uh, no, don't forget. Um, there were uh, only four short stories, Mike. The other one was The Breathing Method, which was not made. You're probably thinking of the Bachman books. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking of the Schwarzenegger one. Yep, the Running, Running Man. Man. Running Man. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the Bachman book. Bachman books. Okay, cool. Yeah, Apt Pupil was the third. Yeah. And Shawshank Redemption recently has gotten a brand new life. I mean, everybody's just like singing its praises and finally kind of giving it a, even more due than it had originally. It's become a thing. It was it was I, a box office failure, actually. Really? Really? Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Huh. It seemed like the critics were eating it up at the time. And- yeah, but it, it did not do well in the theater at all. Apart, um, and because I saw an interview with uh, with. Um, um, Tim Robbins talking about this on uh, Graham Norton show. And he was like, like, a lot of people blamed it on the title because they just didn't, you know, a lot of people just didn't want to go see the movie because based on the title. Yep. They should have left the Rita Hayworth in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. I think that one of the reasons why it's so beloved now is you look at a lot of these movies from the mid 90s. And even if you have fond memories of it, you can kind of feel there's a little bit of 90s stank on them. And this one has none of that. No, it doesn't. It's it's it chooses a time in a, a time to be in, and it stays there. There's no there's no hints. There's no tongue in cheek. There's no like nod to the side. This one is in. I think it was what the forties, fifties that this took place. It starts in the thirties, the late thirties, and goes through up up through the seventies. I think. Hmm. Yeah, he at least Red was in prison a real long time. Yeah, it stays a. Uh, Stays there. After this, we have Outbreak. Plays General Billy Ford. Talk about movies with the stink of the 90s on them. Oh, yeah. Good good example. Good visual aid for my point. <laughs> yeah. Here's a movie that uh, is loosely based on the, the book, the, uh, the Hot Zone. And, Michael Crichton, right? No, Richard mm-hmm. Preston. Okay. And um, about the whole Ebola outbreak that uh, was a big scare at the time and they just took it and butchered it. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's got a great cast, but it's terrible. It's just one of those movies where they, they, a a crew of people threw a script together and they said, hire as many A-list stars as you can and fill in all the roles and let's make some money. Mm -hmm. I will say that the one scene where they're in the theater and the guy sneezes and they follow the, uh, the sneeze droplets all around the theater and watching how many other people breathe them in was particularly freaky ass to me. Didn't like that at all. But Morgan Freeman in this, I mean, he, 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 I don't know. It's almost, they took red and put him in a new, you know, Hey red, you're going to be a general now. Well, all right. I mean, I don't want to say he's, he's a one note. Well, this was about the point where he started getting typecast though. Yeah. As, as the, the wise old, you know, Gonna, gonna be the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, the rock for everybody that kind of you know the mm-hmm. inspiration. What's the word I'm looking for? You're looking for the the like the the sagely man. Yeah, sage. Maybe that is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, you could argue that started with driving Miss Daisy. True, it's the voice and the demeanor. 
You can't kill Godzilla that way. Sorry, that was a terrible throwback. I rescind that statement and move on. I am just shocked that only Joel and I saw the Alex Cross movies. The Kiss the Girls? Kiss the Girls and the sequel, which is going to be in the next half of the show. Yeah, the spider one. whatever. Along came a spider? Huh. But first, we need to talk about one of my favorite movies. Oh, geez, I completely jumped past seven. We jumped past two movies, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And one of them was actually, we shouldn't have passed over. The other one, meh. (laughs) Um, Seven. We all went to go. Seven kind of sucked. I agree with you. (laughs) We all went to go see Seven together. Yep. Out at the Harlem Irving Plaza Theater. I think everyone just decided to stay huddled together in a group at the apartment when we got back. (laughs) Well, it was actually my fourth or fifth time seeing it. Oh, really? Yeah. I ended up seeing seven. Once I'd gotten to the fourth time, I was like, I'm going to see it three more times just because. Wow. I could, I could barely handle the one. I've seen it. I think I've seen it maybe three times. This is one of them I watched again this week. Yep. I watched it two days ago. So good. It still holds up. Yeah, it's still very, very good. I caught things in it this time that I hadn't caught any of the other times I've seen it either. Such as? Uh, well, just little things with um, Spacey's performance and uh, just kind of the way that he put everything together. I kind of picked up on more. I just watched it, watched it, you know, this time, like knowing and just waiting for it, knowing he's going to be the photographer and everything. You know, it's right. good. I, I haven't seen it, you know, in like a good 12 years or so. It's just, it's one of those movies. It's just. Amazing. And listening to his voice as he's running away as a photographer, it's, it was just kind of like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's deeply disturbing. Uh, incredibly well filmed. Mm-hmm. The acting, everything works for this film. Yeah. And even the, you know, even all the, the, um, the, the little parts like, you know, John C. McGinley plays a, a guy that hardly has any lines. And even he, you know, leaves his mark on this movie. Or a very understated uh, Arlie Ermy. So, somebody calls someone. <laughs> and then all the little nuances, like the fact that it rains all the time until the last sequence. Yep. You know, things that you don't necessarily pick up on initially, but it's playing a, your emotions the entire time because of that. It's just so good. What's in the box? <laughs> John Doe has the upper hand. I don't know why he turned into a 1922 <laughs> Baca, but apparently he is. John Doe has the upper hand and Hitler's on the march. <laughs> Good God. All right. So after seven, we have Chain Reaction. If someone thought it would be a great idea, let's get Canal Reeves. Who? Canal? Keanu. Keanu. That, that guy. <laughs> Shut and up. That's why I didn't see this movie, because it's a Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. And uh, let's get these two together and make it about him being a nuclear physicist and stuff you you should really see it pat because i want to hear the rant about him outrunning a nuclear blast on a bike among other things yeah didn't that didn't that happen in this movie i think i heard about that i'm not sure at least he wasn't in a lead line refrigerator <laughs> we right. do not speak of that <laughs> all right and after this we've got kiss the girls dr alex cross and josh and joel have seen these and apparently like them so i gotta go back and watch it now yeah, I mean, if you're comparing them to Seven, they're going to pale in comparison. Yes. But you've got another, like, neo-noir detective series with Dr. Alex Cross basically hunting serial killers. They actually are currently rebooting the series. Unfortunately, uh, 
Oh, who did they get to cast? I'm just blanking Dwayne, on his name. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, no, it's significantly worse than that. Wait, are you talking about the? They already made one. Is it Marlon Wayans with uh, not Tyler, that bad? Tyler Tyler Perry. Perry. Yeah, he already made one movie. Oh that! Oh yeah, that that came out uh, 2012. Yeah, which the only good thing about that, which I haven't seen it, but I heard Matthew Fox's portrayal of the serial killer, and it is phenomenal. But the movie itself is awful. From what I and know. that's the thing is I don't necessarily have a huge opinion about Tyler Perry. It's just it's a major step down from Morgan Freeman to Tyler Perry. Yeah, Tyler Perry but, was okay in um, oh, what was the movie he was just in? I mean, he just had a bit part in it. But anyway, he you know he he, he played uh, a whatever, and he was fine. Yeah, the homicide detective goes after a serial killer genre. Like these are going to be solid upper middle of the pack films. Trying to find the movie, what the name of the new one was. But anyway, it was just called Alex Cross. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, Kiss the Girls. Yeah, it, it came out so close to seven that I think people maybe were expecting more. But it's a different type of story, even though it's still a serial killer thing. And it's good in its own right. You just don't watch it right after watching Seven. You will be disappointed. (laughs) Well, I didn't see any of the Alex Cross movies because I didn't hear about the first one. And the only thing I heard about the second one, I'll talk about when we get to it. Yeah, they're they're worth seeing. Uh, And Yeah. yeah, the first one's better. I agree with both of those things. All right. So after that, we have 1997's Amistad plays theater... Jodson. Steven Spielberg, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. I just watched this a few hours ago. I have not seen this. I still haven't seen it. I've wanted to, and I just never have. Matthew McConaughey is, is great in it. Yeah. Just heard, you just heard what? Oh, terrible. It's it. Th- then don't. I'm <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I, I censored myself there. What were you going to say, Joshua? Um, I, there is a little bit again of playing fast and loose with history, um, to make people feel better about the events, but I, this is a solid film. Great performances, uh, introduced us to, uh, Jaiman Hunso and, uh, Chiwetelajah for who both have made pretty major appearances in the Marvel cinematic universe. We're seeing them in a lot of stuff now. Yeah. They've got a hell of a career happening right now. Um, it's got, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, who both presidents were. I'm just having a hell of a time with actors' names who aren't Morgan Freeman today. That's all right. Because <laughs> we're talking about Morgan Freeman anyway, which he was, again, just spot on. Yeah, I mean, he's a supporting role, very clearly to McConaughey and a, a few other actors. But he still didn't take that for granted and doesn't. And I am on the... Uh, in the minority of people who don't always like Anthony Hopkins and everything he's in, but his John Quincy Adams was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, it was Nigel Hawthorne who I was trying to think of who was the other president. It was Martin Van Buren. And you're oh, right. He played Martin Van Buren. Yep. Uh, you're right about Anthony Hopkins. I would agree. He's, I enjoy him, but everybody makes mistakes every once in a while. And you had an itty bitty Anna Paquin as Queen Isabella. And as much as Patrick hates her, I, I don't even think you could necessarily have hated her in this role because she was 11 and playing an 11 year old girl. Yeah, I don't necessarily hate her. I hate her as an adult. As a child actress, she was fine. And this I especially is, hate her in um, that 
shit show she's in now, or it just ended. True Blood. She was horrible, horrible in that. Suki, Suki. <laughs> uh, looking, this is also, uh, it's not the first breakout role for Stellan Skarsgård. I'd probably give that in the English-speaking world to Hunt for Red October, but it's one of his first big ones. All right. <clears throat> Sorry about coming back. I, I haven't seen Amistad. It's definitely on my list, though. See, the thing is, like, when I go, when I go, I, I've said this before, but when I go watch a movie, I'm not want to be like based you don't like downers. I don't like reality. <laughs> <laughs> I get enough reality in real life. Yeah, I live in reality. It sucks. <laughs> uh, this might, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some brutal downer kind of stuff going on in Amistad, but if you liked glory and you've got the same kind of. You've got history of injustice. This one's also got a hell of a lot of courtroom drama. Yep. Very much uh, I think you really? might like it more than you think. I didn't, uh, I didn't know it was a courtroom thing. I thought it uh, was. Um, was it? I thought Amistad is about a, a slave ship. It is. Oh yeah. I mean, the big case, court case was uh, when John Quincy Adams argued for the uh, slaves who killed everybody on the Amistad in the Supreme Court. I didn't. I didn't know it was a courtroom case about that. Oh, interesting. That changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's, just, it's really great. I thought it was like a almost like a documentary, like like a you know just a slice of life, no. you know, slave trade. No. You know, this is how awful it was, kind of thing. Like a, you know, what I'm I talking mean, about. There's part of that. Yes, I mean, there's yeah. there's the ship, but the, a lot of it is courtroom. <laughs> didn't realize it. I thought it was romantic musical. Amistad, Amistad. Let's, let's not do this. Amistad. Any other movie? <laughs> I know this is. Let's, let's have to movie. Schindler's List. Schindler's List. <laughs> he's coming back and he's gonna be pissed. <laughs> he's got a list. He's checking it twice. <laughs> Tune in this week for Joel ruins the classics. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of classics, I got to make a Sophie's choice. <laughs> Holy! F- oh, that was that was uh, awesome. All right, let's bring bring it down a little bit with uh, they're endearing and termed their terms of endearment. <laughs> okay. Hard rain. I, feel, I feel like we just said Beetlejuice too many times. <laughs> Hard Rain, 1998. Christian Slater. Christian Slater in the wonderful, hey, let's rob an armored truck in the middle of a flood. And then race jet skis through high school. <laughs> yeah. I, well, this has the rare turn of Morgan Freeman as the villain. Yes. <clears throat> I did not know that this Morgan Freeman was even in this. I just had zero desire to see this movie based on the trailers. It was during my Christian Slater phase, and uh, it was not good. <laughs> no, it's not wow. good. Oh, you would have a Christian Slater phase. <laughs> hey, Pump Up the Volume was awesome, and it got me It got me hooked on Samantha yeah, Mathis. That, and that movie is so overrated by so many people. That it's movie is, is, is awful. I actually think Heathers, my opinion of it, has improved with age, though. Ugh, Heathers. True Romance? Come on, now that's yeah. a phenomenal movie. True Romance, I will give you True Romance. And what do those movies have in common? Morgan Freeman is not in them. <laughs> but he's in this, and I'm not going to say it's worth seeing, but you're rarely going to see Morgan Freeman as a bad guy. So that's a thing. When And that's the thing, is when he is, it's good. 
I mean, he plays as for as as well as he can play the mentoring older guy. Let me help you out through your life type of thing. When he goes bad, he goes bad really well. He's menacing. He is. So speaking of menacing, if we want somebody in charge of the uh, charge of uh, the states, well, we're about to get hit by a gigantic meteor, meteor, meteorite, meteor. Deep impact. Yeah. Deep impact. Um. He is one shining fleck of goodness in this entire corn-filled turd. I completely disagree. What? It was awesome, and I thought this movie was awesome. Oh, I thought you were going to say, he was crap. <laughs> no, I, I honestly think that uh, this was the asteroid disaster movie. Uh, I, I have never been a fan of uh, the Bruce Willis one. Armageddon? Armageddon, yeah. Huh. I thought Armageddon Deep Impact now. was way superior. Armageddon is a is is a a plot hole held together by words. And it's not that there's no plot holes in Deep Impact. There's there's some '90s stank on this, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. This smells like Zima. Flannel. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, yeah, he plays President Beck doing a lot of public relations, talking to people, telling people just to be calm, go to get get to your safe zones and that sort of thing. Um, I thought he was going to deliver a, an inspirational speech at some point, right? Oh, yeah. So, who else? Joel, what's your take on this one? Uh, it's definitely a 90s movie. It, it's, it was entertaining, but it was not worth ever seeing again. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't go buy it on Blu-ray, but I'm sure if it came on on cable, I wouldn't turn it. Would you buy it on Blu-ray if it had Morgan Freeman doing commentary? Oh, maybe. Would you take it for free if someone gave you the VHS? Uh, oh, you lost me at VHS. <laughs> you heard him, folks. Everybody, mail him VHS tapes. <laughs> mail me garbage. We'll pull, we'll, we'll post his address on Facebook. I, I bet they won't. I bet it. Wait a minute. Wasn't there a bit on Homestar Runner about uh, uh, Strong Bed giving out Deep Impact? I'm pretty sure there was. I haven't seen all the Homestar Runners. so I'm pretty sure it was a Christmas thing where he kept uh, getting Strong Bed uh, DVDs of uh, Deep Impact because he liked the movie. That's awesome. Old Yeller, Old Yeller, why do you take chase? Old Yeller, Old Yeller, I'll shoot you in the face. Have you been thinking that up this entire time? Yes, he has. That's why he's been so quiet. <laughs> yeah. This week on Joel Ruins, Joel Ruins the Classics. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. Let's go kiss. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> what? Give me that fist. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Yikes. I don't know where we're going, but we're going to take a break right now. I'd like to apologize to Mr. Freeman. <laughs> Let's go to break.
All right, we're back to talk about some more Morgan Freegan. Freegan? <laughs> Morgan Freegan. Morgan Freegan. Morgan Freegan. Yeah, he, Freegan Freeman. Yeah, he's the uh, guy who goes around and finds free food in all the dumpsters. But he has a great deep voice. <laughs> so we're talking. But just to clarify, though, we have skipped a bunch of movies, but he's had so many films and other appearances that we've specifically skipped any that none of the four of us have seen. Mm-hmm. So hold those angry phone calls for other stuff. Yeah, because oh, honestly, we we would like to go over all the movies and we'd like to be able to have enough time in our lives to watch all of his movies. But I don't think you wanted would probably equate to 15 minutes of us going this movie. None of us have seen that moving on. <laughs> so we're going to start out with the movie that Joel has seen 2000s nurse Betty. I may have seen this, but I didn't put my initials down because I didn't want to be called on. <laughs> this is the, uh, I, I'm sure you've had you've seen this. Why did I type Nurse Better? Uh, Nurse Betty was a, a Neil Labute movie. You know, uh, Neil Labute. I think I did see this actually. Chris Rock, Morgan Freeman, Renee Zellweger. Um, I think uh, I saw this, but I'm not 100. percent That's where I'm at too. Yeah. Greg Kinnear. It's about a uh, a nurse who. It becomes obsessed with a soap opera star played by Greg Kinnear. Wait, Greg Greg, Greg Kinnear? All of us have seen this movie. <laughs> yes, I've never seen this. Oh, that would have been awesome. It's, I was going to say now a, I'm sure I've seen it. It's kind of a dark comedy. Um, it, it's yeah. not bad. It's forgettable though. I mean, it's definitely not Neil Abute, Neil Abute's best work, which would be in the company of men, but. Of course. Hey, don't, don't bring his personal yeah. life into this. So what about Morgan Freeman? Was he all right in it? Yes, of course. He always He's always good. And him and Chris Rock played off each other actually pretty well. Wasn't he some sort of bounty hunter? Or I believe something? I wanted to say he was a cop at first, but I think bounty hunter is actually correct. Or at least more correct. Yeah, my recollections of this movie are very vague. All right, then. Yeah, After this, well, we have another Alex Cross movie, Along Came a Spider. Josh and Joel. Well, Patrick had a story about this, because we've already kind of said it's pretty good, but eh, not as good as the first one. Well, I, I didn't see the first one in the theater, and when this one came out, the only thing I've ever known about it was uh, the horribly done CGI crash scene that happened on the dam where... Uh, well, I don't spoilers or whatever. The the uh, the female one of the female characters dies, and it's just I've, that's all I've ever seen is like Reddit references it every now and then, like as as some of the worst CGI effects out there. Like this car just does this impossibly. Like the physics of the car wreck were just completely impossible. Like you can't get a flat tire and then suddenly flip ass over tea kettle over the side of a guardrail down a. Day. It just doesn't work that way. You know that kind of. As of I was just thinking about that too. That's not, I've, I'm not sure how you're making your tea, but it may be <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but it comes out delicious. That's all that matters. Yeah. But anyway, so I never bothered seeing either one of the movies after, you know, I'm like, if that crappy ass CGI is in there, it can't be any good. But if you guys are saying it's good, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a try. I'll just laugh at that scene. I know what I'm talking about, right? 
Yeah, it's not super crucial to the movie, but I vaguely remember it. And it's been so long that I've seen it. Maybe it didn't register that the uh, CGI was that bad. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Hmm. I'll post a link to it. But anyway. You do that. (laughs) That was mildly threatening. Yeah, why was it so aggressive? (laughs) You do that. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like a bully. (laughs) Do it. Johnny Walker Black. All right, so after this, there's High Crimes, where he plays Charles Grimes and opposite Ashley Judd. Now, it says that Joel and Pat have seen this, but I suspect Pat may be confusing it with a magazine. (laughs) (laughs) This was during the period when Ashley Judd was making a lot of uh, revenge uh, 90s style in the early 2000s crime movies her and uh jennifer lopez were in this mode and it's oh yeah this is around the time she made the bone collector which is like a shittier version of kiss the girls and she did another Uh, one you know what i didn't see this movie but it's not for the reason you think (laughs) i thought this was the uh clint eastwood gene hackman movie high uh that was high something high treason or high something whatever she also did Twisted at this time and Double Jeopardy, and it was just this whole time period of these, like, I don't know. They're just... It, she's better than that. But, you know, he he once again plays the character to the hilt and does the best with the script he has, but at this point he's kind of still suffering from the typecasting. Mm. And I totally took us in the wrong tangent because the bone collector was Angelina Jolie, not Ashley Judd. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I don't know where to take it. Um, after this, the sum of all fears. DCI. You know where to take it. Going to take it to DC, apparently. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> sum of all fears. William Cabot. Cabot. Sorry, I'm not well. Josh has seen this. Yeah, I'm shocked that I'm the only one who saw this. I mean, this is probably the least good of all the Jack Ryan movies. Oh, this is the one with Ben Aslack, isn't it? Yes. Okay, then I've seen it. And I, I don't understand the irrational yeah. hatred for Ben Affleck post-Argo. No, I, I have no problem with Ben Affleck. I just like saying Ben Affleck because it's fun, more fun. Fair enough. But He's, um, got, he's got a point. Yes. Yeah. This, this is Jack Ryan without Harrison Ford. Right. Pretty it's much, and, yeah. And Frosted Tips Affleck. Yes. I mean, it's it's decent for a spy movie. You know, but when you've got that character so hardwired as, uh, you know, has it had been in the past, it's it's hard to take it seriously. And once again, Morgan Freeman is still kind of being typecast at this point, unfortunately. That's true. All right. So then after that is 2003's Dreamcatcher. Shit weasels. You know, I attempted to watch this. <laughs> I got I got about halfway through until the redheaded dude started talking like the Lucky Charms leprechaun. <laughs> what? <laughs> am I am I lying, Joel? Nope. This movie is so so terrible. Yeah. Even and the I- plot is basically <laughs> they took about six Stephen King novels, threw them in a blender, and then dumped a little vomit in there, pulsed a couple times, and poured it into a milkshake glass. And then use that liquid to make Morgan Freeman's eyebrows stand up. 
<laughs> oh, oh, this is so bad. It is probably the worst Stephen King film. I did sit through the whole thing, though. I'm I did, like, too. Because I, I was on a huge Stephen King kick uh, all the way up to the early 2000s. I had not quite gotten off that train yet. And this was probably the beginning of the end. I'm still sort of a fan. I'm just not as big as I, a fan as I was. Yeah, I I was all right until the um, the toothy ass slug ripped off Jason Lee's face. Yeah, that's a good place to check out. Yeah, at that point, I'm just I, I was done, and the the incredible amount of farting and burping that was going on before that scene, I was kind of like, it can't get any worse than this. Oh wait, I'm wrong. Um, but. Now taking all taking out the plot, the other characters, and basically all the other movie, Colonel Abram, Abram Curtis is kind of a badass in this. When he shoots the guy's hand off for lying to him, yeah. you know he, he he plays. He this is one of those movies where he kind of plays the bad guy, uh, and he does a great job of it too. And when he wants to be imposing and angry, he can really do a good good thing with it. So. But moving on, this same year, something else came out, and Bruce Almighty, where he plays God for surprisingly the first time. I have not seen this. Uh, it's 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 fun. I mean, I, I watched um, the sequel. That's about my my take on it too. It's like, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's not something I need to watch a whole lot. But every once in a while, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, you got nothing else to do. It's it's not something to turn off. It's entertaining, and it's he's a good one to keep in the background, right? And he's 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 appropriately cast in that role. For sure. it's not, I mean, it's not his lead. He's not the lead anyway. Jim Carrey's the lead, right? And some of the scenes are genuinely laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. Like the Steve kinda, Carell scene, right? It gave Steve Carell a, a new career. In the movies outside of the office. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Moving on. After that, we have Million Dollar Baby, where he plays Eddie Scrap Iron Dupree. Yeah, I just saw this yesterday uh, for the first time, surprisingly. And uh, it is a really, really good movie. But it's the sort of movie where it's a hard enough watch. I probably won't watch it again. Maybe maybe one more time just to appreciate it now that I know how everything's going to go. But uh, this isn't going to be in a regular rotation. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's healthy to watch this movie too many times. Right. I mean, generally speaking, if it's a quality film, like critically acclaimed film, and it's about boxing, life's not going to go great for everybody. Right. But he's not playing the typical role for him, though, either, is he? A little bit. I mean, he is kind of a washed-up boxer that had his shot and is now training other people along with uh, Clint Eastwood. Hmm. It's it's on my list, but I just I've never I haven't been in the mood for that type of movie. You know, neither had I. This this show was the reason why I watched it when I did. I mean, it's it's. Don't get me wrong; it's a good movie. It really yep. is. It's, um, but I I probably will never watch it again. All right, then. Moving up, we got Unleashed, two thousand five, where he plays Sam. I saw this one in the theater. Is this the Jet the Jet Li movie? Yeah, where he, he yep. he's kept in a prison. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did see that. Okay. I don't remember much about it, but I I know I've seen it. I I it was it was a movie that I. 
it, it, it came on after a movie I was watching, and it was just, you know, I used it as a background movie. I didn't change the channel. And, I mean, it was entertaining, like any Jet Li movie is always going to be. And this is, Morgan Freeman was the bad guy, right? No, he was a piano player. Okay, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, so. <laughs> Because he that's was... what you needed a Jet Li movie. <laughs> well, no, it's kind of an urban, like, urban action movie, and he's been treated like an animal his whole life, and encountering Sam, who, if I remember right, is a blind piano player, it's the first time he's encountered anything like music, anything that humanizes him or connects him to being anything other than someone's attack dog his yeah, whole life. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of coming back as you describe it. This was the hip-hop kung fu era. Yeah, but this wasn't really a hip-hop kung fu movie. It may have had one of the hip-hop kung fu directors, but, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all right. It's a solid, like, six and a half out of ten. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a decent action movie, but it's not, It's again, it's something you kind of for, forget about in the bigger picture. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we get it. Keeping a person as though they were a dog is bad. We got that. All right. So moving on, we've got Batman Begins where he shows up as Lucius Fox. We've all seen this and he's fantastic. He's uh, he's the wise. I don't know. Would you consider him as the wise sage like one along with? um, Yeah, he's definitely a mentor figure in this. Yeah, he's the head of the. uh, Oh, God, what is it called? The like weapons development, Re- research and development R and D. Thank you. Yes, R and D department. Yeah, like opening weekend, I saw this one and a half times. I'd already seen it uh, full time, and then it was a first date that went well the second time. <laughs> <laughs> but he, between him and Alfred, he's kind. Of, he's kind of like the voice of reason. He's like the. Uh, yeah, the voice of reason. That's the best way to put it, I guess. I always, yeah, I always have a vision of Alfred and Lucius Fox getting together for drinks like later and being like, what's with that boy? <laughs> right. All right. Did we skip over? No, we didn't skip over. Uh, after this, he narrated War of the Worlds. I enjoyed yep. this. That happened. That is a thing that he did. I enjoyed the War of the Worlds. The Tom Cruise one? Yeah. Did you enjoy his narration? Also known as the Dakota Fanning screaming movie. Yes. Well, anytime Morgan Freeman's narrating, he's in his, he's in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Right. And that's what people know him for. So 2006 gave us lucky number Slevin, which I saw the day before yesterday and had never seen. I was expecting something like, uh, smoking aces. Wow, that's exactly the movie I was going to name if you didn't come up with something. Yeah, that well that, I mean that's when I looked at the when you look at the trailer, you look at the uh you look at the poster and all of it for it, that's exactly what you expect from me. You expect like smoke and aces or you expect uh what's the one with the where they're they're going after the um the magician in the uh in Las Vegas. I know the film you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, all the all the hitmen are going after Jeremy Piven. Wait, no, that is Smoking Aces. Yeah, that's Smoking Aces. Yeah. So my point is made then. <laughs> I'm just there thinking, I'm like, is he describing the same movie? <laughs> I very well might be at this point in my day. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I was expecting. That is not what I got. What I got was a surprisingly a lot better than I was expecting it. He plays the boss. 
and a one half of a warring mob faction, the boss versus the rab the rabbi, uh, Ben Kingsley playing the rabbi. Why do they call him the rabbi? Because he's a rabbi. He's Ben Kingsley. Can be whatever he wants. He can, he can be the Mandarin. Either way, I was really impressed with this. Yeah, yeah I thought this was really good. Yeah, I, I was not expecting what I got, but I was pleased with when I got to the end. Um, he's he's a real dick in this <laughs> too. I mean, he's 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 the real asshole in this movie, and it's it's kind of again, it's kind of weird because you're expecting the you know, the mentoring type Morgan Freeman, and he's kind of like, hey, you're gonna do what I say, otherwise I'm gonna kill you and your family. The end, you know. But what about you guys? What did you think? What did you take? I I thought this was way better than it had any right to be. Yeah, when I when I initially had rented it back when it came out on DVD, I, you know that was in the the Josh Hartnett days, and I was like, I'm not sure what to expect. I had no preconceived notions, and by the end of it, I was like, wow, that was really good, and it's sitting over on my shelf now because of that. Yeah, everybody was really good in this movie. Yeah, it was a it was a fun little romp. Lucy and, and a well well told story, and Lucy Liu looked really fantastic. Yeah, if you've never seen it and you want something that will kind of, if you don't mind, you know, Josh Hartnett walking around half naked for the first, you know, half hour of the movie, which why should you? Just go into it. Don't read anything about it. Just go in and watch it. It's. it's I would say if you haven't already seen either of them, watch this before you watch No Country for Old Men. Just because I think that they're similar enough in some ways, not that they're the same movie, but they've also got both got Josh Hartnett. And this is not as good. This compared to uh, Old Country? Yeah, No Country for Old Men, yeah. They're very different types of movies. This one is more over-the-top action and not critically acclaimed. Right. Mm -hmm. But I I would say that there are enough common elements that this would suffer with a direct comparison. It's it's got a bit of a cult status now. Mm -hmm. All right. So after that, we got, I got lost. That's what I got. Evan Almighty. Evan Almighty. <laughs> Where he goes back and he plays God again. Pat and Joel have seen this. But this time, it's Steve Carell who's in the lead. And uh, I believe he's building an arc, if I remember correctly. Yes. And uh, yeah, Morgan Freeman steps back in in that role, which is, again, a great role for him. And uh, like I said, I watched this one with the kids. They enjoyed it because there's a lot of physical humor. Um, but it's, it's more the same in terms of Bruce Almighty. It's along the same lines, a little bit more family friendly on this one, but, yeah. um, cause there was a little, a few more dirty jokes in the first one. Yeah. This one, definitely. They were playing to a younger audience. All right. <clears throat> After this is gone, baby gone. Replays Jack Doyle, Pat and Josh or Joel have seen this one also. I was going to let Pat take the lead since I talked about the last one. <laughs> I was just letting you take the lead in general. Go ahead. Oh, this is a Ben Affleck directed movie with this, his brother Casey in the lead um, about a little girl who's kidnapped and, or well, yeah, we'll just go with that. And it, yeah, uh, please no spoilers on this one. Cause I desperately wanted to see this before the show and didn't get to it. It's, it's definitely well worth a watch. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember what Morgan Freeman's character, who he played, though. I mean, I know his name in the movie, but I can't think of what 
his character did, like what his role was. Pat, do you remember? Was he a cop, I think? Yeah, it looks like he played police captain. I'm actually looking at this movie, and it's not the movie I thought it was, so I have not seen this movie. <laughs> so, sorry, you're on your own. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to talk too much about it, because it is one of those movies where you need to kind of see it without too much knowledge, other than the basic premise, which is, you know, there's two detectives who are investigating a little girl's kidnapping, and yeah, there's I a whole wanted, lot of drama. I have wanted to see this movie for a while, too. I I was thinking Gone Girl. But, I mean, it's got a great cast. I had the Affleck part, right? And Ben Affleck is, is actually a really, really solid director. I agree. If I had realized that this had Casey Affleck and Michelle Monaghan in it and it was about private investigators, I would have bumped something else I had seen in order to have gotten to this one. I will probably watch this tomorrow. I mean, it's even got uh, Ed Harris in it and um, uh, Amy Ryan and Amy Madigan. I mean, it's got a really good cast and it's 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 heavy, but it's definitely worth watching. All right. So after this, we have The Bucket List, where he plays Carter. Pat and Joel have seen this one. I saw this in the theater with my father, actually. Um, hmm. This is the one with uh, Jack Nicholson, where the, the two guys uh, meet in the hospital and end up becoming good friends. And they, uh, Morgan Freeman plays a, pretty much an everyman, and Jack Nicholson is a multimillionaire. And they go about... Um, Jack Nicholson goes about helping both of them go through a bucket list that they write together of things that they want to do before they die, because... It's a uh, it's it's a it's a feel good movie for the for the baby boomer generation because you know those two guys are kind of iconic representations of people in that age group. So they put this movie out to be like, hey, you know, it's a little more serious though than the the trailers and the the uh, the poster and everything let on. Oh yeah, it, they make it out to be you know kind of this buddy comedy thing, but there's a lot of pretty pretty it's very introspective. Drama. Yeah. For sure, and I, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's an introspective movie pretending to be a comedy. Yes, and I mean, I love Jack Nicholson, and when you throw him and Morgan Freeman together, forget about it. You got two of these just fantastic actors playing off each other, and it's yeah. and neither one of them does anything you know groundbreaking in this movie. It's just a fun movie to watch the two of them just work with each other. Yeah, and nobody's trying to upstage the other one either. And they, and they go, you know, and it's it's a movie that's like shot all around the world because, you know, they do all kinds of different things together because, you know, story storyline wise, you know, money's not an object, so they can do whatever they want. Yep. All right. So after that, we've got Wanted, where he plays Sloan in 2008. All of us have seen this. Um, Some of us regret it. I definitely yeah. regret it. I definitely regret it. I mean, he's again, he he. he He's Morgan Freeman is one of those guys. You give him a bad script, and he'll still pull a good, a good uh, show out of it. He's always going to be the best part of any bad movie he's in. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't think he can read his lines poorly in any situation. And this was the movie that uh, solidified my my hatred for. Uh, oh, oh God, uh, um, his name escapes me. The lead actor, James McAvoy. Are you serious? Oh, James McAvoy. Yeah, that, I, I, I wanted to say that, but I thought that was wrong. Yeah, you don't like I, James McAvoy? I do not. Huh? He's so much better, or he, yeah, he, he's so much worse than Paul Rudd. What? Yes. You don't like Paul Rudd? I love Paul Rudd. That's what I'm saying. James oh. McAvoy is so much worse. How, do you, how would 
Apparently. Yeah, I, I don't understand why this comparison. It's like you're comparing. I'm just saying he hates Paul Rudd, but he loves James McAvoy, and James McAvoy can't can't even tie Paul Rudd's fallopian tubes. I don't know where I'm going. Who hates Paul, Paul Rudd? Joel does. Whose tubes? What? Who said I hate it? I love Paul Rudd. He's a Kansas City. Oh, fan. who am I thinking of? Not Paul Rudd. Um, um, I freaking love Paul Rudd. I know. I got it now. Um, no, who, you don't. Apparently, who is it we always argue with you about. I have no idea. Work with me here, damn it! I'm I'm forgetting actors. Will so I know who you're talking about? But yeah, you are you are not any help to me at all right now. I'm no yeah. help. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. That's the guy. Yeah. Will Arnett and Paul Arnett. Arnett have to do with all right, Fix this in post, Mike, and we'll start over. He's just, better than Will Arnett. Let's just skip on to the Dark Knight in 2008. <laughs> let's. James Boy sucks. Is this is the, the my closing argument? But why would you compare Jim? You know. Let's just move on. Because pun- he likes James McAvoy and he doesn't like Will Arnett, and he's wrong. In punishment, I'm not taking this out. <laughs> well, you weren't going to take it out anyway. That's right. <laughs> so after this, 2008, he does the Dark Knight where he comes back as Lucius Fox doing the same thing again. And doing it great. Yep, this was a good movie. Yep. I've seen this. I saw this movie several times in the theater, and I, I love it. I've seen it several times, theater and on TV, and watching it again and again. And it's good stuff all around. Lucius Fox is a great character. Yep. So we know about this one: Dark Knight, Batman, Lucius Fox, cool stuff. Now onto Red, uh, 2010, retired um, and extremely dangerous. Retired, extremely dangerous. This is one of those. Um, Get a bunch well, this, of this was kind of when the Expendables and all that stuff was getting really popular. So all the old guys got together and said, "Hey, let's show up all the uh, you know." It's based we, off we, of we can do this novel. too. You know, we can get out there, and they don't expect us to. It's a comic book movie. Yeah, yeah. it is. But I'm saying, like, it's all the guys that they they left out of the Expendables. <laughs> yeah, I, he's not wrong. It is the old Expendables. Bruce Willis was in the Expendables. Not at the beginning. He was in. He was in. He was in the first okay. two movies. Oh, that's right. He was. He was. You know who wasn't in the Expendables? Morgan, Morgan Freeman and just, Helen Mirren. I just watched this one last night, and John Malkovich. I, I love. I love both of the movies. They're a lot of fun, and his character is. He's badass, and I. I wish he would have went in the second one. Spoilers, but yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the second one. I've only seen the first one. The first one had what the the glory of it is that it had Ernest Borgnine also. <laughs> Damn right, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. You love me some Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> if you have time and you've already seen the Alex Cross movies, watch Red Two. But honestly, it's a bit of a letdown after the original. It's it's not as good, but it's I still think fun. they kind of let Malkovich a little too far off his chain in Red Two. I wouldn't disagree. You got such good. Good reviews and good uh, audience love from the first one. He went a little overboard in the second one. Yeah, he kind of Mike Myers did in the second one. Yeah. yeah. But has John Melkovich ever been in a David Lynch movie? No. Is that like, is there like a rule that that's not supposed to happen? John, John Melkovich is living a David Lynch movie. <laughs> he is a David Lynch movie. <laughs> All right. All right. So after Red, we have Conan the Barbarian, where he narrated. We've, if you want to go a throwback, this is our first show. Go to episode one. Episode one. Conan the Barbarian. We talk about this one. Um, he does a great... I mean, he's a narrator. He does a great job. His voice is the best thing about him. 
Moving on to 2011's Dolphin Tale. I went to the theaters to see this because I have two daughters and they wanted to see a dolphin. <laughs> he didn't take them, but yeah, no, I was just like, Hey, there's my kids. Can you watch them? I'm going to go watch the movie. <laughs> it's actually got this dolphin tail. Yeah. <laughs> dolphin needs a new tail. I heard it's, um, it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's a feel good kids movie based on a true story. And, and you got Harry Connick jr. And some kids and, and, oh. uh, Oh, is it? I thought this was an animated movie. No, no, no. no. This is this is actually a, based off a true story where they created a artificial tail for a dolphin that had lost its tail. So they put a new tail on there, and it learns how to swim with a with a prosthetic tail. Are you fucking with us? No, I am not. It's a true story. There's, it's a real. <laughs> that sounds completely. Does that sound like a completely made up thing? I agree. It sounds like a parody of a children's movie. <laughs> no, it is totally true. <laughs> All right, so then he comes back. 2012, Dark Knight Rises, Lucius Fox again. Awesome. Batman, Lucius Fox, moving on. Olympus has fallen. He plays Speaker Trumbull. I haven't seen this. Joel and Josh and Joel have. This series, I I have such divided feelings about this series. I think they come out to I like it because they've got incredible casts, great action directed by Antoine Fuqua, but I mean, it really is kind of like let's kill all the terrorists. Porn. <laughs> yes, it's it's very much America. <laughs> so yeah, if you're looking for nuance, you're not going to find it. But I don't know. I mean, he's great in the movie, of course. Uh, in the Has Fallen series, I'm, I'm struggling again with uh, actors' names. I keep wanting to say Carl Urban, but it's not Carl Urban. No, it was- it's. Gerard Butler. Thank you. If you want to see Gerard Butler shoot approximately 2000 terrorists in the head (laughs) per movie. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine die hard with the president. Although I would totally vote for the Aaron Eckhart, uh, Morgan Freeman ticket. Hell yeah. It's, it's fun. It's another one of those movies where if you want just a, a kind of a, uh, over the top action movie with a lot of America in it, then, this and London has fallen is a good double feature. Yeah. After this, he's in oblivion, which I just realized I have seen <laughs> Uh Tom Cruise futuristic movie about uh, him coming uh, back to life after dying every time. No, that's uh that's edge of tomorrow. This is the one where he plays um him and, and his wife or girlfriend. I don't know what their actual relationship is are on earth. And there's been a, uh, a uh, kind of a nuclear fallout and they're the last people on earth kind of keeping the, uh, uh, hmm. the turbines running so they can power the, all where all the humans live off planet. They're kind of supplying them with resources and they're, uh, there's a group of people on the planet. I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now that are trying to destroy these things. They're kind of like the leftover mutant type people on the planet. And um, Morgan Freeman's character plays the head of the the quote unquote bad guys. I take this back. I have not seen this movie for for the podcast. Right. That's why I said I did them because I'm doing them around the microphone right now. (laughs) But yeah, he he kind of plays. I mean, he's supposed to be at least in Tom Cruise's character's mind, he's the bad guy. But the reality is, he's really kind of the good guy. And um, 
it's 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 a really it's a good sci-fi movie. I mean, if if you like sci-fi, it's uh, it's worth watching. I own it. Is this the one that came out at the same time with Will Smith and his idiot kid? Yes, yes, it came out the same time as After Earth. Okay, and this is I, a much yeah. better movie. I haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> this it, this did not look good. It's it's a good sci-fi movie. It really actually is. Maybe I'll give it a shot if it happens to be on. Like I, I won't search for it on on demand, but if it's already on, I'll watch it. All right. So after this, now you see me. He plays Thaddeus Bradley, 2013. Pat and I have seen this one, and I enjoy this. I think he, I think his character is really good in this. He's he plays the foil to the plucky magician crew, and it's. I think. I think the the second one isn't quite as good, but now you see me. I think it was one a, a really good movie with him. I want to see this. I have almost seen this movie like eight times, and then you just disappeared into a cloud. <laughs> no, of- it's been <laughs> one where we're on on demand, and Sarah has shot it down like eight times. What? Sarah is wrong. You should watch this at least once. I, I want to see it. the The premise intrigues me. I just have this. I have this great vision of every time you turn it on, you explode into like a cloud of butterflies. <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining. There's some plot holes and whatnot, but I mean, it's it's not it, it's not the best written movie, but it's a fun movie. You you can get a big bowl of popcorn and watch it, and it's and, that's yeah, exactly. And check your disbelief and make sure Sarah's not around. Yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. like kick Sarah out for a couple hours, make her you know I don't know. I could go somewhere. Then... When have you ever been able to make Sarah do anything? <laughs> she doesn't drive, so she wouldn't go far. Yeah. I want to see you try at Gen Con, Pat, to make Sarah do something. Oh, I will. <laughs> no, you won't. All right. Yes. All right. We should make a whole show out yeah, of that. Let's not do that because he can make her cry. <laughs> All right. So 2014, the Lego movie, Vitruvius. Vitruvius. And he's awesome in this. <laughs> Such a great character. Yeah. This okay. First off, Morgan Freeman as Vitruvius was fantastic, and this movie was so much better than it had any right to be when I heard about it. This is one of my favorite movies. Like, Easy. Yeah. I mean, it's just so good. I can't disagree with any of yeah, this. What more can you say about it? It's shockingly good. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I went in. I took my niece to go see this. My little. You know, she was. Uh, she was six at the time, and you know, I just went to go see it because I figured it's going to be a safe movie to take her to. And I was like so impressed with how good it was. Yeah, one of my favorite movies of fourteen, if not my favorite movie of two thousand fourteen. And you know why? Morgan because Freeman. Will Arnett does the voice of Batman. That's true. He's got you there. Yep, got it first try. He's no Paul Rudd <laughs> or James <laughs> McAvoy, apparently. James McAvoy sucks. Nice. <laughs> you can take anything away from this episode of yeah. going on 14. It's James McAvoy sucks. Jesus. All right. God. So after this, he does a great job in the Lego movie, and then he goes and makes Lucy, where he plays nope. Professor Norman. <laughs> yeah. I'm s- sorry. This Luke is the one with Bisson. Scarlett Johansson, right? Yes. Yeah. Luke Bassan, I love, but this movie is utter garbage. Uh, it's I can't get past the whole we only use 10% of our brain thing. And luckily, this movie sucks on ice, so I don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's so incredibly overblown. And I, you know, I, I like stupid action movies and I like the whole kind of science fiction 
action premise, but it's so completely idiotic. And by the end of it, when they just go balls deep in the CGI, it just gets incredibly unwatchable. Like mm. I wanted to turn it off <laughs> and I don't do that with movies. You yeah, know, and, that, and that's yeah, saying that you suffer through everything. Yeah. You've watched some seriously bad shit. So it's, <laughs> It, it 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 was painful. And when it was over, I was like, what the hell did I just do? And no and it, offense, Morgan. That's how I am with half the movies you guys make me watch. What were you saying, Mike? Well, I was going to say, even Morgan Freeman doesn't save this. No. Mainly he because he, he, he does a great delivery. I mean, he, like I said, he will always give a great delivery of the lines you give him. But when it's Morgan Freeman telling me that I only use 10% of my brain, no, he's... it it. You could have you the Lego. You know what? I, my only thought about this one is is that he did the Lego Movie and had no faith in it, and was like, "I better get something else on the docket for this year, otherwise I'm not going to be able to pay my rent." Uh, so then he went and did <laughs> Lucy and Dolphin Tale too, both 2014. So yeah, and Dolphin Tale too, more of the same except worse. I'm guessing it's better than Lucy was though. It was even Dolphinier. <laughs> Dolphins only use ten percent of their tail. <laughs> All right, so 2015, it made a weird little change, and he played a character called G. Clef in Yo Gabba Gabba, the TV series, and strangely, me and Pat are the only two people that have seen this. <laughs> How stoned were you when you were watching Yo Gabba Gabba? I love watching Yo Gabba Gabba. It's so fun. I, wa- I, I used to watch it with my niece all the time when I lived with, with my sister. Yo Gabba Gabba is awesome. They have all kinds of like people on it, all kinds of stars. Oh, yeah, Jack Black's been on there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, and uh, have you, do you guys know who a G Clef looks like? Yeah, I'm actually familiar with Muno, Bruby, Fufa, Tutti, and Plex. I just happen to not see this episode. <laughs> he just name dropped the shit out of you. I know, right? Good job there. He's, he's the he's the big orange dude that looks like a dildo. Yep. Oh, One eyed dildo. Yep. With with. And ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> that's exactly what it's, that's what's going what it on. Looks like. It's yeah. what it looks like. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's a children's show for us. All right. After that was last night's uh, 2015. And not last night's last night's with a K. Uh, he plays Bartok. Uh, and Josh and, and I have seen this this week. Yeah. We both watched it in the last couple of days. And I think we have opposite opinions on it. What's it about, first of all, before you give your opinions? It is about Bartok is a nobleman who has his like little little best his little um unit of soldiers that follow him and are loyal to him, led by Clive Owen. And he winds up attacking and cutting the fingers off of like one of the emperor's what what do they call him, Josh? Well, he's like the one of the emperor's advisors who has been corrupting the empire from within, soliciting bribes, sort yeah. of. But it's not it's not strictly from a place in America or the, a place in the world. Yeah, it's almost like an alternate world period piece. I could have, I almost bef- before it got totally into like the peasants and everything. I almost thought it was like a post apocalyptic movie. You could almost mistake it for Into the Badlands. Right, right. And Bartok does attacks this advisor to the to the emperor and is marked for death. 
um, in his trial, they have Clive Owen actually, they force Clive Owen to execute him in front of the emperor. And then Clive Owen wheels, takes over and then he wheels together this whole like revenge plot. Um, I, okay. Now Josh, I'm going to say this. I, I wasn't expecting to like it, but it was much better than I was expecting it to be. I could see that. My take on this film is when there was a sword in somebody's hand and they were fighting, it was awesome. Otherwise, it was boring as shit. Oh, I totally agree with you there. I completely agree with you. This should this movie should have been 30 minutes shorter and nothing but sword fights. Because yeah. Cl- Clive Owen fighting, doing the sword fights was pretty badass. In the middle, there's this whole part where it just drags, where he's trying to convince the corrupt noble that he's given up his sword and he's a drunkard now. And you see all this stuff in the background where his guys are positioning themselves around the city. So you know it's all bullshit, but they drag you for a half hour through it. Mm-hmm. Than that, and I do agree with you there. As much I did enjoy it, but I do think it could have been thirty minutes shorter. You know, cut that to a montage scene. We didn't need that much of it. Right. Um, but that said, uh, Bartok, uh, Morgan Freeman as Bartok, he is his character was extremely well again well played uh he was a nobleman he you know they stood up for what he believed in made the speech condemning the corruption of the emperor in front of the emperor type of thing and then accepted the fact and commanded uh, clive owen to execute him when he came up to do it too i mean it's and his character was good i mean he 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 definitely again played it he doesn't cheap out on any of his scripts he plays it to the hilt yeah, but like as soon as you see him, you're like, yep, yeah, he's going to die and he's going to be the master who is killed for revenge. Oh, yeah. Like there's nothing really new about this, but it's got some good sword fights. Yeah. So 2015 also gave us Ted 2. Which has us marked as only me and Pat having watched that, but this is incorrect. I because some of it at Gen Con. I was going to say we watched three quarters of this at Gen Con last year. Was I with you guys? Yep. Really? Yeah, we all walked into the room and Joe was already watching it and we watched yep. the rest of it. I yeah. must have been really drunk. I remember the like chase scene through the comic convention and all that, but I don't remember Morgan Freeman's character at all. Yeah. I Okay, I, I'm with you, Joel. I, I do remember the Comic-Con scene. I don't remember Morgan Freeman. I think he was like a high-priced lawyer that they went to twice and he turned him down and they came. he shows up at the end. Oh. Ringing any bells? Nothing. I've seen this movie, and I don't. That doesn't even ring a bell for me. Way yeah. to go, Ted Two. I remember enjoying Ted Two. I don't remember Margaret Freeman being in it. I'm pretty sure he's the lawyer that argues the case for Ted to be declared a person. Hmm. Like I said, I was probably drunk. <laughs> I, was, I was probably high. See, I was probably there. So anyway, two thousand. <laughs> yeah. 2016 gives us London Has Fallen, where he plays Alan Trumbull. Again. Again. Uh, and he should just stop going places, apparently. Well, he moved up. He was speaker before. Now he's vice president. Right. Right. But now, it, to show that time has passed. Yeah, I saw this one uh, just a couple hours ago, and it's even bigger, uh, more explodey. I actually enjoyed this one because it's like, okay, this has gone into as ridiculous as any Bond movie has ever gone, but like by way of 
not Michael Crichton, the uh, the guy who did Hunt Tom for Red October. Tom Clancy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you take James Bond and jam it into Tom Clancy world, and you've <laughs> got this. It's got a spectacular cast: Jackie Earl Haley, like Angela rid- Bassett. So it's like ridiculously over the top realistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you want to see a movie where. In the first 15 minutes, five world leaders have been killed by terrorists. And you're like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the rest of the movie? Come on. <laughs> no, I like this. And I'm actually looking forward to Angel is Fallen when it comes out, where they decide, holy shit, we just have to kill the Secret Service guy. Then we can kill all the presidents we want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so after that, we have Now You See Me 2, where he plays Thaddeus Bradley again. I am the only one that has seen this. It's more of the same, um, a little you know, heavier on the effects for the, uh, for the magic tricks, but a little bit lighter on the plot. Uh, th- and I don't know if I said this as before, but Thaddeus Bradley is actually the bad guy in these movies. That's not a big reveal, is it? Not really. Okay. If you've seen the first one, if you see, I haven't. Oh, we went over this at length. Uh, I mean, he's a great guy. He leads him through there. He's like, a <laughs> so I liked it, and it's good. And Rosebud is a sled. Fuck. <laughs> I guess Sarah was right. I don't have to see it now. Like she'd let you anyway. Aww. Oh, that's I'm, awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm here for, apparently. All right, so that's where we're ending it. Uh, he's got some other stuff that is in production. but um, Yeah, none of us got out to the theater to see the new one, the heist film. Yeah. The, um, uh, oh, God, he's gone again. I lost it. Going in style. Yeah, it's which, another one of the old guys who pull a heist, which is apparently a genre now because there are so many of them. Which I'd like to do a show on the original on that one. That's yeah, it's a, it's a remake of an original starring George yeah. Burns and and um, Art Carney, Art Carney, and uh, one other guy I can't think of his name. But anyway. Oh, so we may come back to that once we've actually seen it. I hope. Yeah, so. I, I really want to do that show, the Going in Style show. So, and we Morgan. should. Morgan fucking Freeman, yeah, buddy. All right, so we got any final commentary on Morgan Freeman here? We love you, Morgan Freeman. Uh, there's really nothing about Morgan Freeman that I have learned in my life that I don't like. <laughs> I thought you were just going to stop. The, <laughs> there's nothing about Morgan Freeman that I've learned in my life. That I and don't so- like. I mean, he seems like such a genuinely nice person. He seems like he's very appreciative of his fans. He's not uh, pretentious. He's, he's a regular smoker of uh, cannabis, and he just seems like a genuinely nice, cool person. Yep. All right. All I right. can't really argue with that. So what are we what doing are we, ne- yeah, uh, next week? You ask, I'll answer. <laughs> hey, Josh, what are we doing next week? Uh, we're going to finally do the uh, Hannibal show. So we're going to look uh, about uh, Silence of the Lambs, and we're going to take a look at the Hannibal TV show. Yeah, I know I said about fuck you. It's not going to be like um, a person show, like focusing on Hannibal and everything he's been in, everything the character has been in, because that would be, you know, pretty exhaustive. We're just going to do 
Silence of the Lambs versus the TV show. Not going to get into the uh, Punic Wars or the A-Team or <laughs> Hannibal Burris. Or Hannibal, Missouri. Right. Now or we're just going to focus. Potter because he's from Hannibal. Yeah, we're going to focus on Silence of the Lambs and the TV show, which uh, unfortunately was canceled. But it's sort of timely because the showrunner is now doing American Gods. And there's talk about four, about a fourth season I just read online today. Huh. So nice. So, uh, yeah, if you want to give us your opinion on any of the movies we've talked about or maybe tell us, oh, my God, guys, you absolutely have to see this one Morgan Freeman film you didn't talk about. Give us a call. Let us know. It's 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And as we said before, if you're looking for our older stuff, it's on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse.fm, and NoonFM.com. And that list is getting longer. We are slowly... Like a case of the clap. <laughs> Joel, you know what we haven't had? We haven't had a Joel Morgan Freeman impersonation before we... I did one earlier. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so who was it? You said it was so-and-so doing an impression of Morgan Freeman. Yes. Earlier, I did a Morgan Freeman impression. It wasn't good. <laughs> Are you going to do another one? <laughs> no, Patrick. <laughs> No, I'm not. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and good night. And Joel never did the impersonation again. You were wrong. Josh, is my inner voice? You're screwed.